Hello, welcome to Christmas Actually with Luke Allen and Lara Collier, the podcast that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film Love Actually, one day at a time. It's Tuesday the 20th of October, actually, and um, we're here for the pilot episode of Christmas Actually, a day-by-day look at the film Love Actually. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen, I'm a filmmaker and podcaster, and I'm joined with Lara Collier. Hi! (laughs) Hi! So, who are you? (laughs) To Um, the listeners. Well... I'm just singer, songwriter, just a musician, and I really like the film Love Actually, so I'm the co-host on this. So, woo! And you're now the youngest Movie by Minute podcast host. That I was me. I have said sorry repeatedly. Yeah, but we have to we have to address it because there's been we've been discussing this in the in the Minute Makers group chat on Facebook, <laughs> and yeah. So basically, I've now booked myself onto a couple of different shows just so I can get on them before this comes out to say. Hey, I'm the youngest movie five minute podcast host. <laughs> I even recorded an insert audio to be edited into one I guessed it on a few weeks ago. <laughs> this this would have been ages ago now, but check check out me guesting on Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristan Shandy story. Mm-hmm. I was on like five episodes of that show, I think. Six, maybe. I don't know. Basically, we were talking for so long, every 20 minutes, Robert, the host, was just like, okay, we'll end this recording and go straight into another one. And <laughs> I think I think that means I'm on, like, six weeks of the show, <laughs> which is just, yeah. So well, this, fair enough. To the listeners who don't know, this is obviously looking in detail at the Richard Curtis film Love Actually. Um, I did host Two Minutes About Time, which went a little more in detail on About Time than we will here on Love Actually. So about time, two minutes about time, we looked at two minutes at a time, analysing those two minutes of the film. Whereas here, Christmas Actually, I have attempted to cut up Love Actually into the individual days that it takes place on. And those episodes will be released on those days. Indeed, that shall be Since I could not work out whatsoever when these scenes we're talking about take place, we're here for a pilot episode one month before the show starts. Um, So... I mentioned that I do Two Minutes About Time. I'm a filmmaker behind uh, the 16th Minute, Command Denominator, Unstable, Two Minutes About Time, Please Be Seated. And Lara, where, what what do the listeners, what what may they know you for? Um, it's, um, well, obviously I wrote the song for Unstable, well, one of the songs for Unstable. Um, I've, I've been in music videos, but that was for school. And then obviously the music videos I've done with you. And yeah that's basically it i haven't done much they can download moving on on itunes and spotify um, and oh yeah all of that yes stuff. you can <laughs> you can also like get it on spotify itunes amazon all that stuff so should we play it. should we play a, should we play a clip from moving on if you right would now? like to torture me do so <laughs> on and on you go oh i love you so Oh, 
Wasn't that a clip? That was a heck of a clip. Right. So. <laughs> Sorry, I realise that's probably a part of a format that you've got to get used to, is that I say that things are going to happen that then don't happen until... Yeah, I was like, wait, are you actually going to play it? And then you didn't do anything. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So this is, to those who don't know, this is Lara's first podcasting experience. Um, this is, I guess, like, whilst I was the, like, scheduling and sorting everything out for two minutes about time, the whole production wasn't on my shoulders for that. So this is setting this stuff up, preparing the notes and everything is all me today. And so things could go wrong. Like, they... If things have gone wrong, you won't be hearing this, I guess. So <laughs> if you're hearing this, it went all right. Um, <laughs> so do you remember what your first experience was with Love Actually? Um, I think so. I think I was like maybe seven or eight. And Ooh, my, okay. yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, And my mum, she's like into this sort of stuff. Like she loves Notting Hill, for example. And... That made her really love like stuff like Love Actually. And I just happened to watch it. And I think the only reason I watched it when I was little is because I would wait for the Rowan Atkinson scenes and stuff like that. And like, yeah. And then when I like got older and, and me now, ancient, um, <laughs> um, I watched the entire thing and I realised it is such a good film. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's It's just... A masterpiece. I think it's the best Christmas film there is. Like it beats Home Alone, and that's bloody amazing. Yeah. Um. I only found out recently that Richard Curtis made another film that was a Christmas film that I watched recently. Very different. It's called Bernard and the Genie, and it's a good movie, but it's very different. It's a guy who has a genie that grants all of his wishes, and it happens to be at Christmas. It's very silly, but really, really funny. Rowan Atkinson's in that as well. Um. And so I recommend that. Anyway. So, for me, the first time I saw Love Actually, I was probably about 13. Um, I enjoyed it the whole way through. I remember asking my parents to let me watch it for ages, because I also was a big fan of Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, I think I'd seen at that point. I don't think I'd seen Bridget Jones, but I... Weirdly, I hadn't seen that many Richard Curtis things, but I considered myself a Richard Curtis fan. Oh, obviously Blackadder and Mr Bean, which he wrote. Um, but, yeah. So... I watched it with as a Richard Curtis fan, and this is, of course, his directorial debut as well. So not only did he write it, he directed it. It's it's Richard Curtis all over, really. Um, are there any other films or stuff that you're interested in, Lara, that may be Richard Curtis? Um, um, I don't know. Would you like me to give you a list? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, I have. This is this is going to sound really like weird i have my richard curtis shelf right in front of me with like ev pretty much everything he's done excluding a couple um in order of release oh so, wow black adder he did um the tall guy mr bean he created um vicar of dibley four weddings and a funeral notting hill bridget jones's diary the girl in the cafe the boat that rocked war horse mary and martha about time trash SEO Trot, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and Yesterday. Okay, uh, there were like three things on that list. There was Bridget Jones's Diary, uh, War Horse. I actually really did like War Horse. Um, obviously Mamma Mia, because musical fan. Um, I think that Mr. was Bean? it, to be honest. 
Oh, obviously, yeah, Mr. Bean. I've seen, like, one episode of The Black Adder because of my father, but that's about it. <laughs> I can really recommend The Vicar of Dibley, and also shout out to another show I'll be doing at some point with Helen May Austin, where we go episode by episode through The Vicar of Dibley. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm not even 100% certain it is happening, but we joked it, and then suddenly the joke became less of a joke that we started thinking, are we actually doing this podcast? And I think we are. But I don't know what that's called. Don't know if that's out yet. Probably won't be. Um, are we ready to delve into day one of Love Actually? <clears throat> yes, I think we are. Um, so to those who, I guess they don't know how we know each other, we're just both good friends from secondary school. And you this is a good way to stay in touch. Yeah. We open Love Actually with the Universal logo. Really? I don't know what there is to say about that. I've... A lot of these shows we do actually talk about the logos, but uh, why? I don't okay, want to. it's 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 the <laughs> Earth and it's a planet and it's what we live on. It's mostly water, but there is also land, and that is what the logo is. But it's got Universal written across the front, and it's got a lot of dramatic. It's just weird, music. really, isn't it? It's what? it's just the world, but it says Universal. Well, like it's not global. lie all the time. It's not global. It's Universal. Well, like, movies lie all the time. Why wouldn't they lie in the logos? <laughs> like at the start. Um, if, we're doing epi- if we're doing quotes for episode titles, that's today's episode title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then then we follow that up with the logo for Studio Canal. Indeed. Um, I was going to research Studio Canal and then I kind of forgot to. I have no idea what Studio Canal do. And I Same. will be very honest about that. Um and uh, but they've got like a little tweeting noise and some birds and it goes studio canal it's quite nice then working title films which is a lovely um part of of universal they make a lot of the films that everyone knows and loves things like notting hill things like hot fuzz things like about time les mis Mm, and um everyone's favorite hit film from last year cats oh (laughs) Sorry, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. The musical. I can't believe I said that with a straight face. No, the musical creeped me out enough. The movie, right? I've only seen clips of it. I haven't had the human strength to watch the film because the I, clips... I watched it in a caravan when we were on holiday. I bought the DVD. Fair and enough. It's it's really fun to watch. Actually, it's it it's a, it will change a lot of the ways that you view life no no i you am come not out of that. seeing taylor swift edris elba or whatever and rebel wilson as cats i'm sorry i don't want to be scarred for life if that's brutal i'm sorry <laughs> highlights being rebel wilson tearing off her fur to reveal wearing a dress underneath and um Sorian mckellen licking milk out of a bowl and then shouting meow 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 yeah, no, not watching that film. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, James Corden is there. Um, well, James Corden is great, that. but did he really have to sing so low that he had to be in Cats? We then get these lovely shots of the airport. Oh, don't even talk about the airport. When I see that, it makes me want to cry so, so much. So do you know about this footage and like how it was done? No, not really. I'd, all I know is with the footage... It's 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 real, but it's not because I've been to Heathrow Airport. I know what it's like there, and it's 
it's it's really nice being at that gate but it's also heartbreaking at the same time so okay well um this is richard curtis's favorite part of the, of the film is this opening scene lovely and um it came about when he was stuck in an airport waiting for a package and and started watching people and realizing how many people have got their own stories taking place and I'm often like that in a crowded place. If you just take a step back for a moment and think all of these people are going to different places for different reasons. And like, it's, I always find that fascinating. But um, so what they did is they hid, they had a hidden camera in Heathrow Airport for a week. And they had a production assistant or a runner, like literally every time they got a good shot, run down and get all those people in the shot to sign a form to agree to be in the film. So this is all like real people and real footage from Heathrow, which is just so beautiful. Do you know what I think about now that you've said that? Uh, those people that were in the shots, do you reckon when the film came out and they saw themselves, every time they watch it now, they're like, guys, look, it's me. <laughs> Probably. I, I was wondering, like, I bet they don't all know exactly what the film was they're in. So at least one of them, considering how many are there, went to the cinema to see Love Actually and didn't know that they were going to be in the opening scene. <laughs> Which would be a heck of a thing to realise. And Imagine trying to stay silent in the cinema after that. <laughs> literally. Literally. You just you look up and you're like, that, that, that's me. Guys, look, I'm on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get all these wonderful shots as we then get Universal... Pictures and Studio Canal present a working title production in association with DNA Films. Once again, DNA Films, I don't know anything about them. They didn't get a logo at the start, which is interesting. Hello, Luke from the present here. Well, my present, your past. Basically, while editing this, I thought I'd take a little research into DNA Films. They were behind stuff like T2 Train Spotting, 28 Weeks Later, 28 Days Later, Ex Machina, Annihilation, History Boys. Like, they're behind quite a lot of films, so kind of embarrassing that i didn't recognize their name but you know shout out to dna films i guess um but i this that that's sort of the level of probably more boring stuff that the listeners probably don't want us to go into but i could and would um so if they want us to me to go into it because i assume you couldn't care less then yeah, email really me couldn't. luke at lukeallen.co.uk and i'll record a special bonus episode just for you random listener about these logos and studios so the transcript describes this role as a man but i'm pretty sure we know it's the prime minister who narrates whenever i get gloomy with the state of the world i think about the arrivals gate at heathrow airport general opinion started to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed but i don't see that seems to me that love is everywhere often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy but it's always there fathers and sons mothers and daughters husbands and wives boyfriends girlfriends old friends when the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They are all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. So what do we think of that narration there? I've Right, I've never really thought about it in depth, but every time I hear it, it just like, it sort of make my heart, it makes my heart melt. Because I'm like... If you if you truly do think about it, love is everywhere. As much as some people despise it, <coughs> me, um, love is everywhere. Well, yeah, it can it can get annoying in some places. Like it can feel like a like a romance plot is forced into every film and TV show. I think even in a lot of grounds in different like religions and stuff, like love is center. 
like I know that I won't go on a big religious rant, but I know that as a Christian, I believe that love and unconditional love is the center of my belief and my belief system. So therefore, the idea that love is all around makes sense to me. And it is, you know, a big, important part of my life, because without I heard someone say once that without belief in love and unconditional love, then what's all around is death because it's the only thing that happens to everyone. But if you believe in a religion or you believe in unconditional love, then that's one thing that everyone gets to experience. Anyway, end of sermon. <laughs> well, well, that's quite something. Well, um... Yeah, I don't know if I keep that or not. That was... <laughs> I'll see how that sounds. Honestly, up to you. But, like, because, like, obviously, I don't follow religion. Um, and I've believe more in science than anything i'm not one of those crazy people who well not exactly crazy i can't exactly say they're crazy it's what they believe but i can't say i'm one of those people who thinks love is just chemicals and hormones and stuff like i do believe like love is at the center of most things maybe not the center of everything but like most things like it's the core of most things so like it is it's all around it's inside us it's inside everyone that sounds so cheesy but well we're we're talking about rom-com cheese is gonna be present on this show (laughs) i want cheese now thanks (laughs) (laughs) but i think also to just briefly attach your point that like religion and science aren't necessarily opposing things like major figures in science are religious people and like i think that's a thing which is a whole other debate We've started with, like, a philosophical discussion. Lovely. Um, They can't expect the show to carry on at this standard. We're going to drop very soon. Yeah. (laughs) So then, as he says, love actually is all around, on screen come the words, love actually is all around. Then the is all around fades out until, and they're all in lowercase letters, until we're left with the words love actually, and and the word love turns red. Mm-hmm. Then over a black screen, the words love actually, we hear the build-up of music before we fade into Billy Mac. Woo! I feel like before we get any further, we've got to talk about this song. It's a good song. We performed it. It was that good. Exactly. Yeah. Do we want to clip that here? Go for it, honestly, because it was used in the trailer, so why not? It was used in our teaser trailer. Yeah, so here it is.
<laughs> what an entertaining clip that was. It was so good. I totally... So much better than I remembered it being. Yeah. I just, I wish I'd done more of the Billy Mac dancing, but I was kind of <laughs> scared of hitting you in the face. Yeah, um, to be fair, I would have just moved happened. over or something. I'd like <laughs> taken the mic out of the stand and just gone with like all the echoes and stuff. And speaking of, did I do an okay job? Yeah, definitely. Because originally it was going to be the entire choir with you backing it. I was going to say what Bill Nye, sh- should I attempt to, to sing Now I Got a Cold? I won't, um, but he, he he sings, I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes. And then you have the backing people, feel it in my toes, yeah. And actually, I guess the thing for us to talk about first is Bill Nye. Uh, are there, what, what's the defining role for you? If someone says Bill Nye, what, what role do you think of? Okay, don't judge me when I say this, but I think of the white rat from Flushed Away. You're not the first person who said that. Really? <laughs> We, we we had a big discussion about Flushed Away on an episode of Two Minutes About Time. I think it stayed in. It might not. I don't know. Yeah, well, I just, I liked him in it because um, he has a few lines, like, um, one of his lines in it was, oh, I've got a bum like a Japanese flag. Um, and there was another one. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but it, it was just like, oh, wait, no, it was when he shouted, keep your legs straight at his friend and stuff. Oh, I love it. And I'm sure you can guess what film I know Bill Nye mostly from. About time. Correct. Which you still need to watch, right? Yeah. I. You know, the funny thing is the DVD that you gave me, it's still under my pillow. That's an interesting place to put a DVD. No, Right. <laughs> I'm lazy. I will put stuff on the side of my bed, but things gradually move in my bed. So for some reason, it is under my pillow and I have not had the common sense to move it. So it is still there. Oh, I've been like that with some things. But um, if hopefully you won't end up damaging it by sleeping on it. But if you do, I have many other copies now. (laughs) No, it's not damaged. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, we should definitely you should definitely watch that, and when you do, we will talk about it on the show. Um, so he feels it in his fingers and feels it in his toes. That love is all around, um, and at the, b- b- before that point, we start getting the credits. Alan Rickman and Bill Nye are the first people credited. Alan Rickman, <laughs> and we've like we've definitely in person talked a lot about your fandom of Alan Rickman. Without a shadow of a doubt. Two words, Harry Potter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I really, I would have given anything to meet him because he's just such, an, he was such an amazing actor and he just fulfilled roles like no one else could. It was really incredible. So Bill Nye as Billy Mac got the words wrong. Joe, the manager, says, I'm afraid you did it again, Bill. <laughs> he says, uh, I know, it's just, I know the old version so well, you know. Well, we all do. That's why we're making the new version. Right. Okay. Let's go. And then he sings once again. And one, one interesting note, which I noted specifically today, is the credits only play, only come up when there's music happening. Like, when he's... Wait, really? Yeah, so only when he's singing do the credits actually happen. Whenever he stops, like, the credits stop. That's actually clever. I didn't notice I really, that. I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that is really clever. 
There's a lot of little things like that which I noticed um, recently when preparing for this show that I wouldn't notice otherwise, and we will talk about all of them as they come up. Um, Woo! So uh, he sings, right, okay, let's go. I fill it in my fingers, in my fingers, I fill it in my toes. In my toes, yeah. And that's when we get the credits for Olin, Olin, Colin Firth and Emma Thompson. We notice they're going out Colin Firth! Sorry, I love Colin Firth so much, as a, as I do with Emma Thompson as well, because Emma Thompson was also in Harry Potter. But Colin Firth was in Kingsman, Mamma Mia, Bridget Jones, you name it, I love it. <laughs> Valmont was pretty good. He was in the film Valmont. That was pretty pretty good film. Yeah, wasn't he also in the King's Speech? I heard that was really yes. good. Yes, and that's from the director of Les Miserables. Um, oh, but cool. we've also got to acknowledge that the director of Les Miserables also made Cats. <laughs> so clearly Tom Hooper can't just make perfection. Um, I, I, I've got a note here that says Bill Nye does very cringy rock star dances really well. Um, he does. I think we talked a bit about that, and obviously we just yeah. mentioned Colin Firth, who's done a lot. I actually Emma Thompson. I actually watched in a film today. I watched the film Late Night. I don't know if you've seen that. Nope. Um, that's where she plays a late night talk show host who's like the viewing figures are going down and then she hires because her writer's room is full of white men like she's considered a woman who hates women and so she hires a a um a female writer just for diversity but then this writer starts taking control and putting and like treating the show better until the viewing figures spike up it's a really good movie um a lot better than i expected it to be so then he messes up again, and Lara, would you like to say Billy Max <laughs> live? Yes, I would. So he messes up, and he goes, "Oh, f- bugger, shitting ass, head and hole." I love that line. <laughs> mm, it, it, it's Richard Curtis has a thing about swearing, and when his characters do it, it's always like I'm not a fan of swearing in films, but the way, like in About Time, there is a there is a line that comes from Tim's mum, and I won't say any more because it's a big spoiler scene, but she okay. delivers the saddest f word in film history. I'm pretty certain. Like, she says it, and I tear up. Like that is, I don't know anyone else who can do that. And there's also some great ones in Four Weddings and. I think there's one use of strong language in Notting Hill. Yeah. Well, see, I don't mind swearing, as Luke, you very well know. I I kind of endorse it, I'm not going to lie, because it's not a sign of bad vocabulary. It just shows you're not afraid to really say anything. Because, like, right, I get people's problems with, like, the C word and stuff, but, you know. Whilst I'm not a bad language person, as you know, like... I write films how people speak, so Unstable has bad language in it. I don't overuse it. In fact, when I talked about Lin- uh, Lindsay Duncan as the mum's F-word in About Time, the one F-word in Unstable was pretty much based on that emotional scene. <laughs> um, oh, lol. <laughs> so then we move on. Uh, he sings it again, and we got Start Again. I feel it in my fingers, in my fingers, I feel it in my toes, in my in my toes, yeah. And then we get Hugh Grant's credit. Hugh Grant is another great British actor. Right, okay, hang on. With Hugh Grant, I'm not going to lie, for about three years after I discovered he was a human being, I hated him. I despised him. I do not know why. Was, was it? Did you watch Bridget Jones first or something? <laughs> 
Right. No, that's what's funny as well. The first thing I saw him in was Notting Hill, and after that, no, actually, the first thing I saw, no, the first thing I saw him in was actually Love Actually, and then Notting Hill. But for some reason, I just hated him. For some unexplainable reason, his face just made me angry. And then I saw him in Bridget Jones, and I was like, actually, you know what? He's okay. What is my anger about? <laughs> okay. Well, fun fact: Richard Curtis hated him too. Um, he was, they were fine here, but when they did Four Weddings and a Funeral and they auditioned for that, and Hugh Grant auditioned to be in that, Richard Curtis was the only person among the team of people who were making the casting decisions who hated Hugh Grant and, like, was <laughs> so much against him that when, like, he, he since realised actually Hugh Grant was the right guy for the role and then obviously then had him in Notting Hill, Love Actually, Bridget Jones. Like, clearly they worked together a lot, um, but at that point, he was not a fan. Once again, I'm going to say I am like 99.9% sure I know that fact and I've heard it several times. But continuing my paranoia, every fact I say on the show, I'm pretty sure is certain, but do not take my word for it. Um, (laughs) uh, Laura Linney is the next credit. And I don't think I know her, but like... Neither do I. I'm loading up her IMDb now. I've definitely heard the name before. Was she like that foreign girl that falls in love with Colin Firth? No, she was some... the one who was... What's her name? We should know what these characters' names are, but she Yeah, was, I don't. Um, the one who... The one who's in love with the guy in her office. The American girl? Yes. Oh, yeah, her. I know her. She's... she's oh, her character's called Sarah, and she's been in a lot. She's like a lot, a lot. Um, most of them being things I haven't seen, but like things uh, I know are big deals. Um, so yeah, she's. Uh, oh, she was in um, the Truman Show. Yes, she was. That's what I've seen her in. I've seen her in the Truman Show. She plays Meryl in the Truman Show, and that's a good movie. If you have you seen the Truman Show? No. That is a heck of a movie, which is, it, it's a whole podcast in itself. We won't do it, but someone, <laughs> someone in the Move by Minute community has almost certainly booked out The Truman Show, because um, it's a heck of a film. Christmas is around me, all around me, and so the feeling grows, so the feeling grows. Of course, it's the first time that we actually hear that the lyric is Christmas and not love. Um, mm. And then we get the credit for Liam Neeson, which was a really good casting choice in this film, because I don't think Liam Neeson has done many roles like this. But, right. I'm sorry, but Liam Neeson scares me. He is so old, but he looks like he's in his mid-40s, 50s, something like that. But he's nearly like 70. He's like 68. I need to confirm this now. 68, yeah, okay. So this <laughs> I was film, right, yeah. So th- 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 this, this film came oh. out 17 years ago. So... Yeah, but still. So he was fifty-one. One. Yeah, fifty-one when he um was in Love Actually, and then obviously like four years before that he was also in Star Wars and stuff. But I just ca- I can't believe how old he is. But he looks so young for like how old he is. It really surprises me. Like, what potions is he taking? Liam Neeson, if you're listening, guest on the show, Luke at Luke Allen at Cody K. <laughs> I'd love to talk to Liam Neeson. I'd probably just be like, can can I give you my phone number? Just ring me and say you're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to watch Taken, but 
I know. I it's haven't really seen good. it. I only know the iconic scene. Yeah. <laughs> I know quite, it's one of those films that I know quite a bit about, but I've never seen. So it's written in the wind, in the wind, it's everywhere I go, everywhere I go. So if you really love <laughs> Christmas, love Christmas, come on and let it snow. And this is when we get the credit for Martine McCutcheon. Martine McCutcheon is another one of the members of cast who I don't think I know outside of this film. She plays, she plays Natalie. Oh, her. Oh, I like her. Hmm. And I think one thing we're going to have to get onto discussing in this at some point, apparently she was in EastEnders for a while, is yeah. is the fat shaming of Natalie throughout this film feels so right. wrong. I'm sorry. That makes me so, so angry. Because as someone with fairly, right, in my opinion, fairly big legs, um, I just think body shaming as a whole is so stupid. Like... If you did it to someone, like, what in your brain makes you think it's okay to do that? You wouldn't like it if someone came up to you and go, ha, you're fat. It's it's just not a nice feeling. I don't understand how people do it, even if they're just acting in a film. Like, it really gets my blood I like boiling. the debate. Like, I, like, I like how Hugh Grant doesn't see it. Like, how he doesn't like the fact that everyone's calling her chubby. And yeah, but that's to get the romance going, isn't it? Yeah. But also, it's it's slightly balanced out in the fact that Joe, the manager, is called the fat manager, which also annoyed me. Like, because whilst he seems okay with it, ish, you can see that he's also quite annoyed by it throughout the mm. time. Like the number of times he's called my fat manager, that actually that quite annoyed me as well. Yeah, I just I just don't agree with body shaming. Like it's it's stupid. If anyone does it. They're either just petty, jealous, or just insane. And to keep the listeners on edge, when we get to the episode on Christmas Eve, when we talk about the card scene, we will talk about the fatso moment that isn't in the film. But we'll talk about oh, that yes. then. Uh, which is... I'm glad they cut that one. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about how we know each of those actors, what we know them for. So Billy Mac says, this is shit, isn't it? And Joe says, yup, solid gold shit, maestro. Which is, it, it, I like it. It's a good. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, I feel like, I don't, right. It's my sort of humour and I feel like it's something I'd say, but at the same time, not. I like that he knows the song is bad though. He knows that it's just a money grab. And that's what I appreciate. Because that's, that's an, an extra depth to his, to Billy Mac's character is the fact that like, he knows he's a failing rock star at this point. Like he's he's gone. He's done his time. Um, yeah. Which I think is why, weirdly, whilst him being still rather unlikable, we're rooting for him to get number one throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. Just so we can see him naked. Well, that wasn't my reason for rooting for it, but sure. <laughs> but no, it's a it, it's a, it's a funny sort of side story that we get throughout the film, and their story, him and Joe, is all just about you know friendship love and i really like that i think it's it's quite nice to see that side of love as well yeah definitely the same way that we get with father and son because like with liam neeson and thomas sangster's story which is without a doubt in my opinion the best part of the film um with their story it's not about thomas sangster trying to like win over Joanna. It's about the relationship between father and son. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, this is where our moment, our, our part for this episode technically ends, I guess. Really? Um, yeah. Cool. We, we end at this point, and that feels like we've talked for nearly an hour. Yeah, um, I know. I've seen, I've got it recorded here, and I'm just sat here like, how am I going to send this to you? Um. So, I guess what we'll ask now is, A, have you got any final comments? Uh, nope. Lara, where could our listeners find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram. I'm Lara Collier underscore official. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, but I've also got my Facebook page and I don't know what it's called because my manager runs it. So Luke, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> At Lara Collier Music is the page there. Thank you. There you um, go. That's my Facebook page. Look. Manager in a very loose sense of the term. Oh, I'm literally your fat manager. <laughs> oh, no! 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 Right. No! But, um, the listeners can find me on social media. I really want to get the at at the fat manager now, but I bet that's taken. But listeners can find me on social media. On Twitter, at the strange Twitter handle. I created it when I was like 12. Of llama <laughs> underscore bottle zero. They can find me on Instagram at the Ginger Luke, on Facebook at Luke Allen Film. All podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is at LukeAllen.co.uk. And they can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Christmas Act Pod. Um, thanks so much to everyone for listening. We don't know what we're doing. We probably still won't know what we're doing when we're back. But yeah. um, the next episode will be on the twentieth of November, actually. So uh, that will be interesting. You've got a month to prepare yourselves for our unprofessionality. Yeah. Because whilst you've got a month, we probably only got like a matter of days before we record that one. So <laughs> if we if we don't seem in a Christmassy mood over the show, that's because it's September. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping you're. I was gonna say I hope you're having a like preparing for Christmas, but it is October this episode, so like it's not too far away. Like hope you, you have a good Halloween Christmas and you don't eat candy too much <laughs> the christmas actually theme is performed by ethan o'mahoney and is a cover of god only knows by the beach boys Christmas Actually is produced by Bottolo Productions and is distributed by Lemming Drops Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemmingdrops.com.